Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This is Last Drinks Podcast, a new conversation about how to navigate an awesome life without alcohol, reframing the cultural norms around alcohol in our lives, and hosted by me, Maz Compton, sober since 2015. Janet English has been rocking the stage, slapping the bass and wailing into a microphone since 1991 as one part of Australian rock alternative band Spiderbait. This woman rocks and I had no idea she doesn't drink alcohol. Janet English has been mixing it with the best in the biz for a couple of decades and on this episode of Last Drinks, Janet shares with me the reason why... She just doesn't drink alcohol and it really works for her. Enjoy last drinks with Aussie rock royalty, Janet English. I'm in that too about fangirling over you in real time, Janet, truly. Um, we have we have a lot of things similar in our lives, which we'll get to in a minute. But Janet English, could we start our conversation today by you telling me about your last drink? Well, I feel um I I can't I can't remember and it it it's not a bad story it's just I guess I feel like a bit of a um a lucky person in that drinking was never genetically something that really appealed to me so I it's kind of like petered out um I had a couple of years where I would have some drinks when I was younger but really like it, it would have been like maybe five ten years ago really and um it wasn't anything that greatly appealed to me um so yeah it's it, I I feel a bit like uh I'm lucky in that respect yeah look you have been you're Australian music royalty you have been you, you know crushing it on stage since 1989 um and I I wonder how you navigate the music industry with a clear head because <laughs> that's yeah yeah it's tricky because yeah it's not an industry that favors people who don't drink you know it's like after every show there's like free alcohol there's a box of alcohol and it's you know it's called the rider and you just given lots of alcohol and it's almost like encouraged it's almost normalized um and I think my position was always um performance wise it just didn't help me it made me feel loose and messy and um I just didn't feel like I was you know under control and as well touring wise that's just demanding physically you know you're on the road and um 
day after day you have to get up early and travel to the next city and yeah it just wasn't my thing to feel like crap all the time that's so interesting that you say that because I think a lot of people drink alcohol to feel loose to have zero inhibition, to, you know, the Dutch courage so they can get up at karaoke, they can go out on that date. And so you've had quite the reverse experience, I think. I think that's true. Yeah, look, look, um, I've got a friend who for her alcohol is like the most beautiful feeling. It's like this buzz and this love that it gives her. And I just didn't get that. I really... I kind of, you know, just lucky genetically. I don't know what the story is there. But, um, yeah, for me, um, alcohol, I just got really low tolerance. I'm small. It just it just dulls everything and I can't perform. So it just didn't really take off in my life. How do you navigate a hugely successful media career? <laughs> you know, <laughs> rock and roll, all of the big day out tours that I've seen you guys play. Like, I, you know, I've been a Spiderbait fan from back in the day. And yeah. and I I don't understand how you were able to navigate that male-dominated, alcohol-centric yeah. industry and survive. Like, not just survive, <laughs> thrive at the top of – I know, you know, you had – there's been a, a bunch of time between albums, but still you, you, you're back in the fold now with new music. How do you navigate it? Yeah, look, I, I think that when I first drank as a kind of teen, late teen, it was about um, dealing with social anxiety. You know, it was trying to fit in. It was being part of the group and we were going to gigs and I just wanted to be like everyone else. And then maybe it's about like, maturing and also going into a band that I realized I didn't need to fit in and I that social anxiety stuff was um that was just a mask you know using alcohol to kind of feel that looseness was just not going in a good direction long term you know and I knew I wanted to do this and I wanted to be serious about it so um yeah uh it, it wasn't really a conscious decision. It wasn't like this moment where I said, that's it, I'm never going to drink again. It just gradually kind of petered out as I got into touring and travelling and, yeah, dealing with um, kind of that macho world um, made me retreat even more into um, a world that was kind of feminine in a way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to explain that very well. No, I understand what you're saying. Would you would you say that you're I mean when when I see you perform you're yeah. so engaging and you've got this really amazing presence. But would you say that you're an introvert when you're not on the stage? Totally. Totally shy, introverted. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And um yeah, you can see why uh, that looseness would be kind of comforting, you know, if I wasn't um, performing. But performing makes a difference because you've got to kind of have your wits about you. You've got to be able to get up each day and function, you know. And so I think that's what um, 
makes the difference for me. It's I'm not like totally like anti-alcohol or like really like um, violently, you know, objecting to it. But there was kind of a movement in the early 90s that was kind of the straight edge movement that um, was part of the punk scene. And that really was about kind of pushing back on the alcohol industry and, um, you know, resisting that. And it was more, yeah, a political statement, uh, which I, I kind of really, um, I, I thought was pretty cool. But it was more in the States than it was here. Um, yeah, and um, so for me it was more about just um, functioning. Yeah. It's yeah, no, I, I get it. And and I it's interesting because I you know, I have a different type of performance background, but I've always been on television and radio, which is an element of performance. Yeah. And so when people meet me, they assume I'm an extrovert. Um and uh, I'm absolutely an introvert. Get me a hot water yeah. bottle, some Ugg boots and a block of chocolate <laughs> on the couch. Like that is my heaven. And so I think the reason that I bring up the the introverted personality trait, if you will, is yeah. because I think that is going to help so many people who feel like they need to have a drink to engage in our society because they're introverted, because yeah. they have social anxiety. I think your story and, and part of my story as well is is to explain to people that that's actually a myth in your head and or it's something that you you haven't tried to navigate without alcohol yet. And it might be scary, but it's totally doable. Like you can rock it on stage, sister, and be 100% sober and not have gaps of memory loss and regrets mm. the next day and yeah. all of the stuff that comes with, you know, the, the, the gradual increase of escalation of alcoholism or gray area drinking or whatever you want to term it. And so yeah. I do think... It, you know, we, we're all different personalities, but I, I do know there are people who can, you know, they're great on a stage, but then they do just want to sit back. And so social engagement can be really confronting. And I get why you want to have a few yeah. before you get around it. But that is, that's absolutely not the truth. That That's one of the myths that I'm trying to bust um, it, you know, by yep. share, by sharing these stories. So in a, in a male, like male dominated rock and roll, like it's rock and roll and you're Janet English. <laughs> um, was there any, did you ever cop any backlash if somebody offered you a drink and you were like, nah, it's not my thing. I don't really want to be loose on stage. Did anyone kind of take issue with it? No, I think when you're in a band, um, people are pretty understanding. I always kept a bit of distance. You know, I kind of, before I play, I have some quiet time. I'm kind of, re you know, remove myself from everyone else. Um, and people just got to know, like in other bands, got to know that that was my shtick, you know. Um, you wouldn't believe how many people in bands are actually like super shy and super introverted and yeah, and um, and it's such a a a, uh, a pit to fall into, isn't it? That um, relying on alcohol or whatever to deal with anxiety, and um, you see how you, I mean, I know people in the music industry who have done that, and it just doesn't end well. I'm yet to meet somebody 
that says, nah, sobriety, nah. (laughs) Every 100% of the people so far I've engaged have said alcohol ends up being a bad choice at some point. I don't necessarily think you need to get to a rock bottom in order to address your relationship with alcohol. And what I love about your story is that it wasn't this debaucherous mess that led you to, oh, my yeah. God, I really can't ever drink again because I'm going to lose A, B, C, and there goes that ARIA nomination. It was this <laughs> this really beautiful progression of self-awareness where you went, you know what, this isn't serving me and I'm not yeah. my best self when I do this thing. And for you, I think your um, your expression of artistic through music was more important than n- your feelings of comfort leading up to that the onstage performance. That's my assessment of the situation. Totally, yeah. And I think surrounding yourself with good people, like and people who, like, because our managers are women, and uh, the two guys in the band are my best friends. And, you know, there's a lot of respect and there's a lot of support. There isn't that um, egging on to be involved in that kind of debaucherous world. And we would see friends around us falling down that pit and um, it was terrifying to watch. And, um, you know, like trying not to put like too much judgment or spin, like you would try and help people and, I think that there's that thing about comorbidity, isn't it? It begins with depression, it begins with anxiety and there's the crutch of alcohol and it's just easy in that rock and roll world to fall into that. You know, it's... I think in a a lot of worlds, I think in the the law industry, in the corporate world, in radio, like there's so many, there's so many stories where you hear that it's like alcohol is a currency that is it's like we we exchange with people only through the medium of alcohol that's how we've been taught to socialize it's how we've been taught to cope with our feelings instead of feeling feelings so you make a great point you you had this you know this really great community around you you've got I'm guessing, you know, a, a really strong female manager. You've got your best mates who are supporting you. Can you, I guess, offer some advice to someone who might be listening to this who is the odd one out in their group right now, who they're thinking, I maybe need to rein this in, and none of their friends are interested in having that conversation or supporting them? Yeah, that's really tough, isn't it? It's, you know, short of saying get new friends who care about you, um, it's about um, self-respect and being, you know, um, having self-worth and being proud of the things that you can do. Um, yeah, it's it's about all of those things and um, dig deep and it's it's tough but get some help if you need help, absolutely. You know, anxiety is just like such a common experience and you need to find good strategies to deal with it. it oh, you know, I deal with it pretty regularly and um, I know that alcohol is not going to help in any way. There are lots of other ways to deal with it. 
there are so many um, really positive avenues that you can channel when it comes to dealing with anxiety for sure. And and just to your what you said about, you know, get new friends, like sometimes it really is that black and white for people and that is the yeah. the fear in them. You know, if you say to someone, mate, I don't think your friends really care enough about you to support you in this choice, that's that's like really full on for some people. You know, a little bit of my story, I was working in radio and my face was on billboards and I was earning tons of money and I was insanely sad, insanely oh, lonely, drinking so much alcohol to push down the feelings. And my yeah. manager suddenly passed away um, from a heart attack. And so I just kind of spiraled and I went down this journey. Oh, it was really interesting though because – I realized at that moment that I'd actually never believed in myself. I just believed what he had said about me as far right. as self-worth and talent yeah. and value. And so when he passed away, I was left with this really vo- big void of, well, how, how do I feel about myself? I don't even know mm. myself. I'm just drunk all the time. So it, it that led right. me down to, to really question my relationship with alcohol. And at the time I was like, everyone that I work with does this behavior too. And I'm the only yeah. one calling it out and questioning it for myself, not for anyone else. And I'm like, how mm. is this going to go down? But I did after a couple of calls to Beyond Blue and a couple of Googles of am I an alcoholic, I did come yeah. to the realization that my self-worth had to be more important than anyone else's opinion about the choices I was going to make for my life. And I decided to stop drinking as an experiment to see if I liked myself a little bit better, a little bit more sober. And it's been seven and a half years. Amazing. But I, I understand the fear attached to the words even sober curious yeah. or sobriety because of the culture that we have, I guess, been brought up in. Totally. It's so normalized. Reach for the drink. Absolutely. I'm I'm anxious. I'm depressed. It's all too much. Reach for the drink, you know. It's sort of the the first thing people do. And it's almost like it's um it's almost like a meme. It's like a joke, you know. Um uh one one drink for me and one for the you know, the spaghetti or you know, it's just <laughs> <laughs> it's um are you having pasta for dinner tonight by any chance <laughs> by any chance no. um yeah no it's and it's it's is it an Australian phenomenon probably as well as you know part of our lives the way we've grown up it's where do you begin well this is why I'm doing this podcast because I want to reshape the narrative on alcohol in this country and I think that it is possible to be successful, happy, content, joyful without yeah. any alcohol in your system. I believe all of those things have always been on the table for all of us. We just haven't been taught the right way to do it, to access those yeah. feelings. So yeah. one thing that I wanted to ask you, Janet, when you say you still do deal with anxiety, do you have a system or a process in which, you know, that has worked for you to, to cope? Yeah, just staying really well, staying fit, staying active um, and just retreating from, you know, um, the world at times when I need to. Um, 
when when people ask you to do stuff saying no just saying no I don't want to but then not a, not using avoidance as a technique as well just wrapping yourself in in a loving warm blanket and giving yourself a damn good hug and just saying it's okay you know um sounds corny but um not at all accepting no and and knowing anxiety is part of of our lives and it's a normal feeling and it's okay even though it feels like you're spiraling out of control it will be it will pass I get I get really bad um anxiety flying if it's turbulent and that's been a good kind of um way of trying to just look at anxiety as something separate in my body and going um I'm having all these crazy feelings and I'm but I'm safe it's okay, mm. you know, um, yeah. and separating it from myself. It's different to social anxiety, obviously, which is where a lot of alcohol issues, I reckon, come from. In that regard, saying to yourself, it's okay that I'm in- an introvert. I don't need to fit in. Who cares if people like me or don't like me is more powerful for me than anything else. I love that. And I love the idea that you um, – you- look at your anxiety as a separate part. It's like um, being able to think about your thoughts, which sounds confusing, but mm-hmm. I I have this technique where if I have, I don't know if like, I know anxiety people can suffer from. I suffer from like highly irrational thoughts, if that's a thing. Totally, and, yeah. You know, catastrophizing things in my brain. And so what I've learned to do, and because I used to drink to just numb the thoughts, that was my yeah. solution, right? Yeah. But now I ask myself, is that thought true? Yeah. And then I go, but is it absolutely true? Yeah. And if it's yeah. neither of those things, and it's usually neither, I can go, well, then that thought is not worth having. And I can just put it to the side. And that, I think, is a much healthier technique, as is yours, but, you know, putting anxiety, you know, like giving it a name and a place in your life. And then if it's got a place, you can give it space from who you are and how you're operating. I think that's really, really powerful for people. Just as, as a tool to having your wellness toolkit in life in general, aside from dealing with, you know, reframing your relationship with alcohol, that's a really good one. I love that. I love that. I wanted to ask, so um, when you read just like the highlights of Janet English's life, I, I read that you were a gymnast in your younger years. Is this true? This is true. Yes. I, I also was a gymnast in my younger ah. years. Yes. I was excellent at the beam. I won the national championships in the mid-90s. Oh, congratulations. Um, thank you. So we do have that in common. And then also, do you have a Bachelor of Psychology? I do, yes. <laughs> I am studying a Bachelor of Psychology oh, because fantastic. I also am very interested in why people make choices that they make and how our brains actually work. So what led you to um, to study psychology? I was just really curious. I was curious about why my brain does what it does and you know um and it was fascinating I really enjoyed it I learned a lot and I I don't know if I'm ready to take on anyone else's problems but I'm happy to take on my own I love that and that's a similar reason why I enrolled is because I don't want to be 
a clinical psychologist necessarily. I just want to really understand people. And because yeah. my big thing was, I know a lot of really smart people who have made some terribly stupid decisions, me included. <laughs> and so I was like, <laughs> how does this happen? Why do yeah. we do, why are we choosing these behaviors? And it's, it is a calm complex system and everyone's own unique experience that shapes them but I just thought it was really interesting that we do have those and then you can add sobriety into the mix and there's the hat trick of of how we kind of might be twins (laughs) something along those lines (laughs) (laughs) that's fantastic well Janet look thank you so much for sharing this side of you I i I had no idea that that this was part of your story and such a beautiful expression of sobriety in your life. And it absolutely looks amazing on you. (laughs) Thank you. That's so sweet. Well, there's another advertisement. Yeah. These conversations are going to help shape people's sobriety and that's what I'm passionate about. So thank you for entrusting me with your time. Well, thank you for doing this. This is an amazing, amazing thing to be doing and I'm so proud of you. Well done. Thanks for listening to Last Drinks Podcast. If you love this podcast, then subscribe. For more inspiration and to reach out, you can follow us on Instagram at Last Drinks Pod.